Dish TV is better than cable TV. Why? Because you can save 45% on packages compared to your high-priced cable bill. Wow. Take those giant scissors out and cut the cable and save with Dish TV. Plus, you get a free DVR upgrade to record your favorite shows and free installation. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch TV for free on your mobile device. Act fast. You can save hundreds of dollars. Does your cable company do that for you? Get all the best TV programming at your fingertips at a fraction of the price of cable TV. So say adios, arrivederci, goodbye to the high cable bill, and save up to 45% on Dish TV packages today. These are limited time offers and can change at any time. Call fast. 800-405-2561. 800-405-2561. 800-405-2561. That's 800-405-2561. Is it time? Let's do this. It's time for Real Golf Radio, the longest-running nationally syndicated golf show in the country. With insights and experience of professional golfer Bob Casper, son of Hall of Famer Billy Casper, and the passion and, uh, well, fun of Brian Taylor. Nice. Here they are, the hosts of Real Golf Radio, Brian and Bob. Welcome in to a U.S. Open recap edition of Real Golf Radio. I'm Brian Taylor alongside Bob Casper, son of two-time U.S. Open champion Billy Casper. And uh, we thank you for joining us. we got a great show for you today. We'll check in with our good friend Jeff Babineau and see his thoughts on Gary Woodland's win at Pebble Beach. Also, Karen Stupples, Golf Channel extraordinaire and analyst, as well as a major championship winner, uh, will join us coming up as well as America's favorite caddy. So great uh, lineup for you today as we look back at Pebble Beach and the playing of the 119th U.S. Open. And Gary Woodland picking up his first major in his 31st attempt. Really impressive stuff. Also, on the side of history, Brooks Kepka chasing and trying to become the first three-time U.S. Open champion, three-peat winner uh, since uh, Willie Anderson uh, over 100 years ago. And he was right in there to the last hole. Really good stuff last week. We'll get into all of that, plus the USGA. Did they get it right? Or was it a little too easy? Boy, it's tough to be in that business when you're constantly being criticized. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about all of those uh, storylines as well as the, the contenders, then those that did not play so well, the Tigers, the Phils, the Jordan Spees, and uh, much, much more. Uh, it's going to be a good show. We're looking forward to you. Thanks for joining us here, however you are accessing Real Golf Radio. Bob, uh, I, I know just uh, real quickly, this is pretty good stuff uh, to talk about this week, huh? Yeah, it is great. It's it's fun to see a new champion, Gary Woodland, and what he's been able to do uh, to win that Open Championship, especially the U.S. Open champion, especially on the back nine. It's fun to see Brooks Kepka, who has uh, posted five rounds continuously in the 60s uh, in U.S. Opens now. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, with a win, a second, a win and a second. Oh, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing to see what's happening in the game of golf and how Brooks Kepka is really kind of uh, dominating in major championships. It's not kind of anymore. It's full domination. He is the guy to beat. Brooks Kepka. I said going into the week that he was the guy. That's where it starts, and he was in it right till the end. It couldn't have been really much better, um, in my opinion, the way that whole U.S. Open played out. And we'll talk about the storylines we were expecting coming in and how it actually happened all straight ahead. Thanks for joining us. It's a U.S. Open recap edition. Looking forward to the weekend as well at the KPMG Women's PGA Championship. 
Brian Taylor, Bob Casper with you right here on Real Golf Radio. You love crushing the long ball. Well, so do the pros. That's why they play Callaway. And that's why Callaway is now the number one driver on major tours worldwide. Led by the Epic Flash, with Flash Face technology, Callaway used artificial intelligence to completely maximize distance and deliver ball speed you didn't even know was possible. Basically, they used crazy science to solve very important things like hitting more bombs. What a world. Go own the tee box like the pros. Build your epic flash driver today at CallawayGolf.com. Golf course superintendents are the unsung heroes of our great game. Due to the game's efforts, we now have turf that needs less water, courses that are more sustainable, with many now offering natural wildlife habitats. From the days of old Tom Morris, golf course superintendents have given golfers a reason to love this great game. But don't take my word for it. Jack Nicholas agrees. If you love golf like I do, thank a golf course superintendent. A message from the Golf Course Superintendents Association of America and local superintendents everywhere. What kind of golf ball are you playing? The one you've always played or the one that can actually help you perform better? Because Chrome Soft is the only ball with a graphene-infused dual soft fast core to give you the unheard of combination of crazy long distance that's also incredibly soft. It's why tour guys like Phil Mickelson, Xander Shoffley, and Francesco Molinari keep winning with it. And now Chrome Soft X is available with triple track technology for improved alignment. Get the ball that changed the ball today at CallawayGolf.com. The new OGO Alpha Convoy Golf Bags set a new standard for what cart bags should be. The new OGO Shadow Fuse 304 Stand Bag is ultra sleek, but there's nothing simple about it. The OGO Alpha is inspired by tactical military gear and high-performance equipment from the outdoor industry. While the Shadow's integrated design and finest performance materials work seamlessly to deliver absolute efficiency for unmatched performance. Both are in stores now or check it out at OGO.com. So you've thought about LASIK surgery, but you're hesitant. I get it. It's your eyes, and while it's a hassle to deal with contacts and glasses, the thought of a laser in your eye sounds painful and scary. Well, let me tell you, I had the same feelings until I went to Hoops Vision for my free evaluation. I was super impressed with the time they spent, and they put all my concerns to rest. I left excited and confident knowing that I was in the best hands with the latest technology. The day of the surgery was easy. No pain, comfortable massage chairs, and warm chocolate chip cookies to help me relax. And then the miracle. Within a few minutes, I could see. It's an amazing feeling, and now I can see where my golf ball goes, and I enjoy wearing sunglasses and not dealing with contacts that dry up out in the sun and the wind. It's why major champions like Mike Weir chose Hoops Vision. Hoops Vision is world-renowned, and with new techniques such as smile and camera, there are more options than ever before. Visit HoopsVision.com today and schedule your free consultation. Mention Real Golf Radio, and you could save $1,000 off your procedure. More choices, more experience, better vision at Hoops Vision. Now back to Real Golf Radio with Brian and Bob. All right, welcome back to Real Golf Radio. Brian and Bob with you. Thanks for joining us. Hey, what kind of golf ball are you playing? The one you've always played or the one that can actually help you perform better? Because Chrome Soft is the only ball with a graphene-infused dual soft fast core to give you unheard of combination of crazy long distance that's also incredibly soft. It's why tour guys like Phil Mickelson, Xander Shoffley, and Francesco Molinari keep winning with it. And now Chrome Soft X is available with triple track technology for improved alignment. Get the ball that changed the ball today at CallawayGolf.com. 
Com. And uh, we thank you for joining us here on the show, however you're accessing us. And uh, by the way, uh, a little teaser for you. We'll be back on SiriusXM. Really excited to be part of the Dan Patrick channel on XM, SiriusXM 211 coming up in just uh, a couple of weeks. So uh, look for that on July 6th. Saturday, July 6th is when uh, that will debut. And again, thanks to all of our great affiliates that pick us up on a weekly basis. And those of you who access us there or on the podcast sites as well, Twitter handle is at RealGolf, website RealGolfRadio.com. So uh, Instagram, Facebook, it's all under Real Golf Radio. Thanks for checking us out and giving us a follow and feedback and likes and all that. We really appreciate it. I'll tell you who uh, really liked last week, uh, besides us being at Pebble Beach, was (laughs) Gary Woodland, who played in his 31st major championship, picked up his first top 10 in a major, which also was his first win in a major championship. And what an impressive display, Bob. I mean, I can't tell you, as I as I look back on it, there's a lot of things to talk about. There's the golf course setup and the USGA's approach. There's how Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson play. There's Brooks Kepka and his attempt to try to be the first player to three-peat at a U.S. Open in over 100 years. There's all of those things, and we'll touch on that. But the thing that stands out to me the most is... Gary Woodland didn't flinch. Seven times, six times previously, he had had a 54-hole lead, and he right. was over. Yep. And on the biggest stage, on one of the most iconic venues in our game, he didn't flinch. And not only did he didn't flinch, but he kept the pedal down. And when he had his opportunities, he took it. The, the three went into, eight, into 14. Uh, just the way that he went about his business was so impressive. And I just, I, I, I found myself really rooting for the guy and appreciating what we witnessed with Gary Woodland last week. Yeah, it was fun to watch him play and it was fun to see him get pushed, especially by Brooks Kepka. you know, burning four of the first five holes, getting out to a quick start, uh, like, you know, basically making a statement that he's the guy that is going to win this major championship. You got to come through me. You got to come through me. And Gary Woodland got, got right on track. Right off, the, right out, right out of the gates, and then when he got to the back nine, when things started to get tight and guys started to get within a shot or two of him, Kepka getting one shot uh, behind him, it seemed like it gave him that much more resolve to um, to execute and hit good shots and and score some some you know score his scoring then um, kind of elevated a little bit. Yeah, like you said, that shot on 14 was phenomenal. The three wood into the 14th green. Uh, Brennan Little talked a little bit, his caddy talked a little bit about that in an interview that he did and the options and their thinking and process of going through all of that. Uh, then that that pitch shot off the green on 17 mm. over, the, over the little ridge, the ball hits, takes a bounce, checks, and ends up like two feet from the hole and he makes a par um, and then, you know, from that point on, it was take an iron, hit it up the fairway on 18, take an iron, hit it up the fairway on 18 and hit it in the middle of the green. Didn't Become flirt at all Open with that. champion. And then he buries it with some style <laughs> points at the, the end. Putt. Yeah. Yep. I, and that, by the way, that had to make Brooks feel a little bit better when he was oh, trying yeah. to put the pressure on him. And but you can never say you can never say that if uh, Brooks had somehow managed to make Eagle or Birdie there that it might have tightened things up just a little bit for Gary coming down the stretch. But man, what a stud! I mean, he yep. he really, as you said, he executed his game plan and he just didn't flinch. And I love the point that you said. Here's the guy that's been the best in our game. I mean, he is the dominant player in our game right now, and that's Brooks Kepka. And he was right on his heels the entire time. And as you said, what an incredible start by Brooks Kepka in a chasing role to jump yep. out the way he did. I mean, I 
Man, Brooks is, he's the real deal. And there's no taking him by surprise. That's why I said going into the week, forget about it. If we're picking somebody, it starts and ends with Brooks Kepka. The guy is just phenomenal. And in his last, uh, what, uh, four major championship starts? Four starts, yep. It's been win, second, win, second. Yeah. I, I mean, what, I mean, the guy is, the guy's just out of his gourd right now. And, uh, and, and he had no doubt in his mind that he was going to come back and win that third in a row. He, he didn't, he didn't care. And he, he almost did that. But again, not to leave Gary Woodland already because, uh, I, I just, uh, again, couldn't be more impressed uh, with him. 68, 65, 69, 69, 13 under par. Uh, incredible stuff. One better than Tiger Woods in his amazing yeah. round. I, I think completely different conditions and all that. So it's, it, it's unfair to, to compare those two exactly. And also, so his cho- closest um, chaser, speaking of Tiger Woods in 2000, was Ernie Els, 15 shots back, not three shots yeah. back, as it yeah. were, as it finished up with Brooks Kepka. So, uh, but look, Gary Woodland, I, it's a hard thing to pick. There isn't, I, there isn't anybody that I talked to that was picking Gary Woodland coming into the no. week. So when you start looking at the next major winner, how do you pick a major champion? Because he looked the part, he played the part, and he executed the part, and he ended up hoist, hoisting the trophy at the end of the week, like he, like we all thought he should have, or that we should have seen this coming. How do you, how do you see a guy like Gary Woodland coming up to win a U.S. Open or the next major championship? Well, the interesting thing is, is I think we get so tied into the top players in the world, the top five, top ten, um, what they've been doing, their their, especially what they do in major championships. All of them have pretty much uh, been major winners, that kind of thing. And and those are the guys that we go to to when we talk about who we feel this golf course fits and suits and that kind of thing. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to see those guys that are the next 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 players in the world that um, that are going to break out, that are going to um, be able to stand up to the test of a major championship, a U.S. Open, the setup of a U.S. Open, and then be able to execute it like, like Gary Woodland did and, and shooting four rounds in the 60s and winning the golf tournament. Um, it's, it's just really difficult to see outside that top group. It is, and, and you, yet we always say in major championships that the cream rises to the top. Uh, I guess what we don't realize is there's a lot of cream, you know, either that yeah. or there's a, there's a lot of cream close to the top that we can't see. When you're looking down at that, let's use the cream bucket for an example. If you're looking <laughs> at the top of that cream bucket, yeah, okay, all right, I see the top players in the world. It's almost like we're looking at the top down on the world rankings. What we sure. don't see is just right underneath the surface, cream is rising. It is it is there, and, and guys like Gary Woodland, you know, I mean, look, look. here's the last, you know, U.S. Open winners, and when you start looking at at, uh, at some of these guys that, have won U.S. Opens and made it their first. Retief Goosen, we didn't see him coming. Jim Furyk, well, at least we didn't see him coming in 01. We probably should have yeah. saw him come. Nobody looked at him again in 04, but he, wow, what a performance. Jim Furyk, we, we, we said, okay, that's, that guy's expected. Michael Campbell, no one's looking at him in 05. Nobody, Jeff Ogilvie, yeah. no one's looking at him in 06. Angel Cabrera, no one's looking at him in 07. Lucas Glover in 09. Graham McDowell in 10. Rory McIlroy in 11. That was, that was something. We were, I mean, we wondered Absolutely. how he'd bounce back from the Masters debacle. Uh, Webb Simpson, probably not. Justin Rose, 
Okay, maybe. Um, Dustin Johnson, certainly. Brooks Kepka, absolutely not in 2017. Maybe in 2018, barely. Um, and then this year in Gary Woodland in 2019. We didn't see that. Now, sprinkled amongst those winners, of course, we have Tiger Woods, Martin Keimer, uh, Jordan Spieth. Keimer was one we weren't talking about at uh, Pinehurst, but um, Spieth had just won the Masters when he won the U.S. Open, so he was one to talk about, and Tiger Woods was always one to talk about. So it happens, but very rarely, it seems... That we actually that one of the favorites goes on to win this U.S. Open. Yep, and 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 that's that's the problem that we have. Uh, you know, we see that we see the top guys, and, and the difference between the top guys it and, and guys that are that are further down the list could be, you know, less than a shot in in their scoring average and what they're able to accomplish. Yeah, good point. All, all good things to talk about. Hey, we're just getting started here. Karen Stupples joins us coming up next. We'll get her insights at Pebble Beach as well as look forward to the KPMG Women's PGA Championship this weekend as it's underway. All that straight ahead here on a U.S. Open recap edition of Real Golf Radio. Hi, it's Ned Siegfried. Siegfried & Jensen has been around a long time. We've been handling injury cases for over 30 years. During this time, Siegfried & Jensen has had the privilege of helping tens of thousands of Utahns. If you've had the misfortune of being injured in an accident, we'd love to help you as well. To talk to us for free about your situation, call us at 801-222-2222 or visit us at SiegfriedJensen.com. I'm Bob Casper with the Casby Real Estate Group, where we have more than 40 years of combined real estate experience in Utah. We understand that the way people buy and sell is rapidly changing, and life's biggest moves can be a stressful experience. At the Casby Real Estate Group, we provide cutting-edge technology, innovative marketing strategies, and skilled negotiation to help you reach your goals. We care about what you care about, and our most important partnership is with you. That's why I'm with Casby Real Estate Group at iPro Realty Network, where we pride ourselves on life's biggest moves simplified. Introducing the Amazing Rewards for Business 321 program. With the Amazing Rewards for Business Visa credit card from Zions Bank, you earn three points for select business purchases, two points for travel, and one point for all other purchases. Learn more about the Amazing Rewards 321 program at ZionsBank.com or your local Zions Bank. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Subject to credit approval, terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. Zions Bank, a division of ZBNA member FDIC. So you've thought about LASIK surgery, but you're hesitant. I get it. It's your eyes, and while it's a hassle to deal with contacts and glasses, the thought of a laser in your eye sounds painful and scary. Well, let me tell you, I had the same feelings until I went to Hoops Vision for my free evaluation. I was super impressed with the time they spent, and they put all my concerns to rest. I left excited and confident knowing that I was in the best hands with the latest technology. The day of the surgery was easy. No pain, comfortable massage chairs, and warm chocolate chip cookies to help me relax. And then the miracle. Within a few minutes, I could see. It's an amazing feeling, and now I can see where my golf ball goes, and I enjoy wearing sunglasses and not dealing with contacts that dry up out in the sun and the wind. It's why major champions like Mike Weir chose Hoops Vision. Hoops Vision is world-renowned, and with new techniques such as smile and camera, there are more options than ever before. Visit HoopsVision.com today and schedule your free consultation. Mention Real Golf Radio, and you could save $1,000 off your procedure. More choices, more experience, better vision at Hoops Vision. 
Make you into golf, the place to shop for dads and grads with their summer saving sale happening now. Get custom fit for free with the Cobra King F9 Speedback Driver, the ultimate formula for speed, making it the fastest and longest Cobra driver ever. And measure your distance with Bushnell GPS and range finders and save up to $70. Choose from the Phantom, the Hybrid, or the Tour V4 Shift. Uinta Golf is your place to shop for the hottest golf gear this summer. Uinta Golf, home of the 90-day satisfaction guarantee. Now back to Real Golf Radio, talking golf back when 300-yard drives were big. For real, here's Brian and Bob. Welcome back to Real Golf Radio. Brian and Bob with you. Thanks for joining us as we look back at the U.S. Open last week at Pebble Beach. We also have a major championship on the LPGA Tour, as we mentioned, the LPGA uh, PGA Championship, the Women's PGA Championship being played this week, and uh, we're excited to talk about that. Before we do that, we'll tell you that this segment is brought to you in part by Callaway Golf, the number one driver on a major tours worldwide, Epic Flash, artificial intelligence uh, created Epic Flash to create unheard of ball speed and distance. Own the tee box and get your Epic Flash today and customize it at CallawayGolf.com. Well, for thoughts on the U.S. Open as well as looking at this weekend's Women's PGA Championship, one of our favorite golf correspondents in the entire game, really, and our favorite for covering women's golf and all things golf is Karen Stupples, who is a major championship winner in her own right and does a great job on Golf Channel. Karen, good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me in and giving me such a great intro. I may never leave. Uh, my head has expanded significantly <laughs> just on that. Oh, it's, uh, it's all well-deserved. You do a great job. I love watching, on, watching you on Golf Channel, and uh, we really appreciate it when you take a few minutes to join us. So before we get into the Women's PGA Championship, I have to ask you, of course, looking back on Gary Woodland's big win at Pebble Beach last week, mm-hmm. I know you were one of the uh, many who were picking Gary Woodland all week long as the favorite, huh? Well, and it was one of those things that um, I don't know if he was one of a few that, that always had that potential. Uh, I think the biggest question mark at the start of the week was, um, is it such a precision golf course? You know, because it's not the longest of courses and and the greens are so small. And, and would his short game stand up to the test? And, uh, and ultimately, he his game stood up all the way across the board, just absolutely top notch. And and he couldn't really ask for a nicer guy to, to win it, too. I mean, just, you know, in, in all of my experiences with Gary, and we were neighbors for a while at Lake Nona, and he was always super great to practice with and, you know, go out on the golf course and hit a few balls with. And, and, then, and then you see um, how, he, how he was with Amy at the Waste Management. And then throughout, you know, this sort of victory tour, she's been part of it with him. Just a super great guy and uh, just really happy for him. You know, all his hard work really paying off. You know, it seems like his family life is, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, his wife was pregnant and had a had a, a basically um, an early birth and uh, and only the son, his son survived. Now she's pregnant with twins. Um, it, good family man, it seems like as well. Yes, no, no doubt about it. And, and when something like that happens, I mean, it affects you pretty severely and uh, makes you really question about what it is that you're doing. And, and ultimately, you know, this win is well-deserved, and um, and I wish them all the best with the Twins on the way. I think that's a tremendous news. 
Yeah, it's really neat. And uh, Gary has, has shown us uh, so much from off the golf course. It's great to see his success on the golf course. I was being a little facetious about picking Gary Woodland coming in, but to your point, it was a golf course in Pebble Beach that we talked about it not having the length of a lot of the other major championships where bombers like Gary could take advantage of their length. And yet, you know, Brooks Kepka was right in there fighting to the end, bomber. Uh, you know, Tiger Woods was trying to, I guess Tiger's not necessarily a bomber, but he was, he was trying to be relevant that week and and has had success on that golf course as a bomber jack nicholas certainly could hit it a long ways when he won there at pebble beach so it it was one of those where we wondered you know would would this be um a a bomber type type uh, winner and yet it ended up being gary woodland what was it about the setup of the golf course or or was it just the showing the full dynamics of gary woodland's game that allowed him to to come out on top last week well i really feel like uh a course like Pebble um, requires imagination and a bit of tenacity too. Like you can't just go out there and expect to play, you know, hit it over here and hit it there. You know, it's not, it's never straightforward at Pebble. There's always a few, a few lumps and bumps in, in the road across the way. And I think that he came down to, you know, there were some crucial decisions that Gary, Gary had to make and really had to sort of pull his pants up and, um, and really get on with the business of hitting good quality golf shots when, Everybody was trying to chase him down, and the, you know the, the, the three wood on was it fourteen, the par five. That was just yep. outrageous, and because uh, it would have been so easy for him just to have plonked it up there in a, in a good position and wedged it on, but he he took it on, and it, uh, there comes a point where a player has to say, "Well, this is the moment. This is the time. If I want to win this, this shot has I have to make this shot. I have to take this chance." And uh, and he was, you know, it, it takes courage, and he was able to stand up to that. And and I think when you stand up to that moment on on the golf course at that time, that carries you forward for the rest of the way. And and certainly we saw that again on the 17th with, with the chip from the green. He said that he had done that before, and it was no, no strange, nothing strange. But I can assure you that when you're in that situation, knowing that you have to play that shot, and and the contact from the ball has to be so precise because there's literally no grass underneath it. Um, the hands can get a little tense and you can get a little nervy, but he showed no sign of it. He was just really ready to win. You know, um, Karen, coming into the U.S. Open, the last four uh, prior to Pebble Beach had had been um, criticized quite a bit, that kind of thing. Um, This U.S. Open seemed a little bit more friendlier, um, more of a like the 2010 setup of the U S open. At least that's what they said that they were going to do, but the golf course was very green. It didn't look dried out. Do you think that, uh, that this year's U S open was a little too tame for, um, for the field? Um, I think, I mean, honestly, to, to me, a U.S. open, um, I'm not so sure I want to see shots spinning back so much. And even with a wedge, I mean, there was a lot of, you know, backspin being able to hit with some wedges. I would have liked to have seen the greens be just a bit firmer. Um, I think that would have made, made for a good test. Everything else about it, I, I was totally happy with how, you know, everything else from the length of the rough, the how they had, but maybe just a little more firmness of the greens. I understand, though, that, you know, there was difficulty in sort of gauging what the weather was going to do, and, and they just didn't want it to get out of hand so quickly. So... You can totally see why they would they would err on the side of caution. And I think all the players were, were very happy with the fact they did. And ultimately, you still have a major championship and you still have a winner that, that has to play better than anybody else on that test that week. 
Yeah, no doubt. Karen Stupples, Golf Channel Analyst, major champion, joining us here on Real Golf Radio. When it comes to winning uh, U.S. Opens, it's interesting because we're always asked, and I think we asked you as well a couple weeks ago, you know, who do you like going into the U.S. Open? Who's going to win this week? And it's so hard to pick, you know. It was easy in the back in the day in Tigers. You know, it seemed like Tiger was was always the favorite. It was Tiger versus the field. But in today's, it's interesting to look that – 13 of the of the last 19 US Open champions have been first time major winners. How do you I guess how do you describe that and how do you recognize somebody like a Gary Woodland that might be ready to step onto the big stage and and win a major? It's it's almost impossible really to tell that and you know Gary is a little different I think in that department. Obviously he's a proven winner on tour but not a prolific winner. Um and but I do think that that in order you know, for somebody to win even a professional event for the first time, it's almost like you can see them testing, you know, testing what it's like to be at the top of the leaderboard before they get into that position. So you can see them sort of, you know, putting themselves in a good position for a Sunday and then just falling away. And and, and it's almost like um, I have a, a, a writer in the UK called Matt Cooper, and he wrote a really nice little article about how he let, relates it to mountain climbing and it's and it's mountain climbers will set up a base camp and they'll sit there for a bit and they'll slowly test how the altitude affects them you know they'll slowly move up test the air and then come back to the base camp and go up to the altitude before they finally make the ascent to the very peak and i think that's exactly what happens with golf people base camp in golf you you get to a point where you're comfortable you sit there for a bit you kind of foray up a little bit to, to almost winning, just to test the air, and then you come back, and then eventually you, you make the ascension to the top once you know what the air up there really feels like. And so I think that's, that's something that, that's interesting watching into the run-up of a tournament and to see who 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 is in that position and who is ready to make, make that jump. But, but winning for the first time, whether it's just a regular PJ Tour event, whether it's a major or on the LPGA – even on on the the Corn Ferry Tour now, or the or the Symmetra Tour, it's still a, it's still a step, and it's still very difficult to gauge who who is going to make that move. They're playing this week. Uh, the the ladies are playing this week in the KM, KPMG Women's PGA Championship. They're playing at Hazeltine. Tell us a little bit about um, how the how the women are accepting this golf course, and uh, it's a pretty big one, isn't it? It is. It is a beast. Um, you know, I've looked through some numbers of past uh, LPGA Tour courses, and, and typically on average an LPGA course will set up anywhere from uh, the very shortest at 6,200 to about 66. Uh, this one measures 68 plus. So it's a, it's a very hefty golf course. There's, obviously, we're not at altitude, um, and, and most of the greens are slightly raised. It doesn't, like when I'm walking around the golf course, it seems to me like every hole plays uphill except for the 10th hole. It's just uh, just a beast of a golf course. The rough is uh, pretty intense as well, and it's so well bunkered that that uh, the fairway bunkers catch the shortest, the longest hitters. There's no one's immune from having to pipe a drive in between a corridor of bunkers on this golf course. It's um, so it's an intense test, and if you relate it to to men, um, the women are, are probably statistically about hit it about 14 percent less. So if you do the math. Uh, for men's terms, uh, they're playing a course the equivalent of about seven thousand nine hundred yards. Wow! Which is, 
yeah. So that's that's a pretty stern test. Coupled with the fact with some with the rough, but if you do get in this rough, uh, most of the ladies have a really shallow angle of attack coming into the ball, uh, which means that uh, it's very difficult without alterate, altering their swim path and trying to play a cut. It's very difficult to make good contact on the ball because they're coming in so shallow. Um, because they try, everybody's trying to maximise the distance. So by doing so, you come in shallow, hit a nice little draw, draw most of the time, and that's what you see out here. So this rough is, is hard for the players to come to terms with as well. Karen Stupple's joining us here. So um, when you talk about storylines, one of the big ones is Michelle Wee. Uh, what can you say? Obviously pretty emotional. We've seen the ice. We know she's trying to make a comeback from the wrist. What, what can you tell us about Michelle? Well, um, I, I feel very sad for Michelle right now because I think we're we're, we're looking at a, a player that's realizing their own uh, can see the end in their own career coming up. Mm. Um, I really feel like um, she up until this round of golf that she played yesterday. Up until that point, I really don't feel like she really fully understood or even realized that that there could potentially even be an end to her career. Um, I felt like she always thought she could come back from it, like it was never going to be a problem. And then she goes out and plays, and it just, the, the ice pack was on her, her wrist from the second hole onwards. And it was just a struggle. And she, you could, before she teed off, she was so happy and bubbly and, and can't wait to get out there. And uh, she has all her friends on tour. And it's, uh, and it's a, she, this is, has, this, the golf course has always been her sanctuary. So now she, it's almost like her body's betrayed her yet again and the chances of it cutting her career short. I mean, she's 29. She should be just mm. getting into her prime. Yeah. And, uh, you know, everything's just going to be cut short for her because of this wrist injury. And I, and I really feel the emotions started to come out because it almost, I, I think right before our eyes, as we watched the interview, she realized that this could be it. I mean, I, I, I really don't know if she feels like she could come back from this because uh, I think she's going to try and play today but uh, I don't know how as she said in her words how much she has left to give so we'll, we'll it's uh, she hasn't withdrawn yet but we'll, we'll see how it goes for her and I just I just wish her all the very best I know she's making a life change she's going to get married later later this year um, but even so when you when you when golf has been your life, and golf has been basically her identity since she was, since she before she she became a public star, I'd say probably even when she was around ten years old, her life has been golf. To so all of a sudden realise that that may not be the case anymore. That's uh, that's a that, that that is a very emotional time in in a in a professional athlete's life. A developing story there for sure, and uh, really good personal insight there, Karen. I'm sure you know, you know all about that, having um, been a, a, a tour star yourself and, and a major championship winner, and how hard it is to transition away. I know you love uh, being a, a mom and a husband and a wife and all that goes along with that, but I'm sure there's times you miss it, huh? Oh, no doubt about it. You, I, I miss the, you know, the, the competition, the, the being inside the ropes, the, you know, the challenge of. of self-improvement of, of trying to figure out the puzzle that is trying to reach the unattainable goal of perfection I mean this is what what, what we've done but you know since we were young girls and it's and it's our passion because we wouldn't be doing it if we didn't love it and uh, to, to think that it's all coming to an end that the future is a scary prospect like what what's 
what am I going to do? Where yeah. am I going to go? How How is my life going to be once I don't have to practice for 10 hours a day? It's a, it's a huge transition. Well, we'll continue to monitor that and look for your comments and insights on Golf Channel and, and uh, coverage over the weekend. Thanks so much, as always, for uh, being with us. And uh, enjoy the, the weekend there at the KPMG Women's PGA. I can't wait. It's it's really shaping up to be a tremendous tournament. Just, you know, the players that are on the leaderboard, as with all PGA events, it's a PGA of America event. It's a very fair test. We see long players at the top, short players at the top. So it's, it's uh, open for everybody. All right. We'll look forward to it. Thanks so much, Karen. We appreciate it. Always appreciate your insights. Thanks a lot. There you go. That's Thanks, Karen, Karen. Stupples joining us right here on Real Golf Radio. We'll take a short break. More Real Golf Radio continues next. Callaway's new Apex Irons redefine players' irons. Unmatched feel, distance, and control have been forged to perfection to deliver category-defining performance. Apex Irons are the ultimate forged players' distance iron. Callaway's 360 face cups generate industry-leading distance, unmatched feel, and will get every golfer's attention. Tungsten weighting in each iron fine-tunes launch, trajectory, and delivers tremendous control. See perfection in every shot with the new Apex at your local golf retailer or visit CallawayGolf.com and see what makes Callaway the number one irons in golf. At the first tee, it's the little things in life we pick up. Hey, thank you. That make for a successful future. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks. Oh, you dropped this. Because little things can carry a big impact both on and off the course. Hey, thanks. To learn more, visit thefirsttee.org. The new OGO Alpha Convoy golf bags set a new standard for what cart bags should be. The new OGO Shadow Fuse 304 stand bag is ultra sleek, but there's nothing simple about it. The OGO Alpha is inspired by tactical military gear and high-performance equipment from the outdoor industry. While the Shadow's integrated design and finest performance materials work seamlessly to deliver absolute efficiency for unmatched performance. Both are in stores now, or check it out at OGO.com. Your hands, with the grip, they form the connection between you and your club. In a game where feel is so important to playing your very best, great shots begin with a great grip. For every golfer who wants to play better, there's a Lampkin grip. What kind of golf ball are you playing? The one you've always played or the one that can actually help you perform better? Because Chrome Soft is the only ball with a graphene-infused dual soft-fast core to give you the unheard-of combination of crazy long distance that's also incredibly soft. It's why tour guys like Phil Mickelson, Xander Shoffley, and Francesco Molinari keep winning with it. And now Chrome Soft X is available with triple track technology for improved alignment. Get the ball that changed the ball today at CallawayGolf.com. We just changed the putter. Now you need to change yours. A multi-material shaft enabled a radical shift in weight distribution, resulting in a putter designed to improve your actual stroke. Because a better stroke helps make more putts. 
This is a stroke of genius. Stroke Lab from Odyssey, the number one putter in golf. You're listening to Brian Taylor and Bob Casper talking golf since Jordan Spieth was in first grade. You started it. That's real golf radio. All right, welcome back to the show. Brian and Bob with you. Thanks for joining us. I really appreciate Karen Stupples for stopping by. We'll get more into the U.S. Open recap edition. Uh, still a, a good back nine hour number two ahead for you as well. But, Bob, I wanted to ask you about that. Really interesting. Uh, I didn't know that we were going to get that much from Karen talking about, you know, Michelle Wee and the emotions that go into, you know, her dealing with injury. Because that's the ugly side of professional sports, isn't it? You sure. are a, you're a star. I mean, we just looked at the NBA draft and all the hope and the, the, the expectations and everything that goes along with being drafted. But you don't know. I mean, as we saw with Gordon Hayward uh, a couple of years ago when he, he, he gets traded to Boston or he signs with Boston and literally he played for a few seconds and, he, and his season was over. And he's still working on coming back here almost two or so years later. So injury, and you could, there's countless stories. Injury is a big yeah. part of professional sports. Michelle Wee, it was interesting to hear her and, and to, to, to feel the emotion from Michelle Wee. And as Karen said, her realization, almost as she was talking to the media that, I, this, this, it could be more serious than I, than I realized. Right. And, you know, that's, that's the interesting thing about injury. You know, we, we've, you know, you look at, uh, one of the guys we have on the show all the time, Troy Merritt, um, and what he had to go through with, with, you know, having a surgery that took out a rib Mm -hmm. so that he could, so that he could play. And, um, was his career going to be done? You look at Tiger Woods and all the times he's had his back operated on. Um, and, you know, he finally gets spinal fusion and yet comes back and is able to win the the tour championship and the masters. Um, but he had some realizations prior to that, prior to that surgery, that this could be it, that I, I you know, I, I may never have an opportunity to, to, to play around with my kids and, play soccer with them and that kind of thing, let alone have a quality of life where I can walk or I can run or I can work out or I can even play the game of golf again. So, you know, that's one of the things that I said about Tiger way, way, way back when. Can he remain healthy? And I think that's what you have to you have to think about with all players um, and all athletes. Can they remain healthy? Um, and what is on the other side if they can't? And and where does that go to in their personal lives? And the interesting thing about golf is is you're not necessarily under contract. NFL players know this all too well. Yeah. But you know, NBA stars, they sign the big contract. Kevin Durant's trying to decide if he wants to opt out of thirty one million, whatever that number is. Right. And and he's gonna be rehabbing next year. Thirty million dollars to rehab. At least for a year, yes. Right. And so With you know, the- with yeah. an Achilles injury, right. Right. So you're talking about, you know, guys with some guaranteed numbers. That that that's one thing. So let's put the money aside, right? The money in your career for golfers and depending on and Michelle Wee's gonna be fine. She has has done been very successful, has been a star in marketing and and otherwise. Um so um, but let's not let's not look at financial, but golf for, for golfers it could be real, especially a journeyman golfer. You know, yep. you see all the time journeyman golfers, whether it's injury or, or game related, they find themselves having to find another career path. I mean, Bob, you chased the, the professional golf ranks for a lot of years and just recently got your amateur status back. But there was right. a point in time I'm sure you had to make a decision to say, this isn't worth chasing anymore. I've got to move a different direction. And that was probably a difficult thing to, to, re, to come to a realization about. 
Yeah, you know, you you have to decide. Well, first of all, it you know it can be a simple situ- situation or a decision based on do want to do I want to keep doing this and um, take away from my family if you are a family person, um, or you know a guy like another guy I just thought of was Casey Martin, you know yeah, the guy point. that had the debilitating injury in his in his leg and that kind of thing. He ends up. Um, getting getting off the PGA tour and now he is the head golf course coach for Oregon. Um so you know whether it's whether it's going to teaching, whether it's going Boyd Summerhays, another one that teaches Tony Finau and you know there comes a point where guys are going to have to decide um what what that's going to be at some point. Yeah, it's 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 a tough decision. And again, uh, if you're just joining us, Michelle Wee has uh, been uh, struggling. Her wrist was iced uh, during the first round, and uh, whether or not she was going to be able to continue is in question. So, um, and, and really, what, what what will her career look like? That's something uh, that is uh, still to, to be determined. So we'll continue to monitor that situation. Uh, wish her the best, uh, no doubt about it. But uh, the other thing that Karen Stupples brought up, which which I think was interesting, is this and we we talked about whether how you can predict whether somebody is going right. to suddenly become the next major championship winner who's ready and i thought her story about the base camp yep. and the and mm-hmm. the extreme hiking was kind of interesting as players start to test their altitude what's your thoughts on on that analogy well th- that analogy is about acclimatization okay getting yourself or your body to acclimate to a new position or a new realm. Um, and that's what we see guys do, um, on, on the PGA tour. It used to, it used to be that, that you would see guys do that. Um, when they got on tour, uh, they got used to being on tour. They got used to making cuts. They got used to getting in the top 10. Um, you know, maybe they break through and they win a golf tournament, that kind of thing. Then they start looking higher up. I, I need to win another one. Uh, I want to compete in majors, that kind of thing. Those are all different elevations or altitudes that, that they have to get in their career and that kind of thing. Um, so, so yeah, it's about, you know, getting your body to, uh, to acclimate to those new situations. But now we're seeing guys at younger ages dive right in and win golf tournaments. They're right after they get out on tour, um, winning multiple, you know, a, a guy I'm looking at that, that, um, that was pretty crazy as, as far as what he's been able to do after he gets on tour is Xander Shoffley mm. and, and what he was able to do, um, getting a top 10 and then, uh, and then going on and, and winning later that year, winning the tour championship, uh, competing and, and, uh, in, in major championships. And, and it seems like every major he's there, like, you know, he's got a second and a third already this year. Um, you know, he finished well in a couple of majors last year. Um, and it's, it's amazing to see his success. He's already won twice this year, um, to see his success and how he begins to feel more comfortable. But I, I love that analogy that she threw out with getting used to and feeling comfortable with that new elevation in your career. I thought it was awesome. So you're telling me some guys just, uh, suffer more from altitude sickness. Yeah. Yeah. Some guys. And you've, you've, you've mentioned this as, as my, we've talked about dad's world number this. one, right, Bob? When, yep. when guys would get world number one. This. Yep. Guys get to world number one and they either like it or they don't. And, um, I think it was Brooks Kepka. He was talking about, you know, I got to world number one. I, I saw this interview this week, um, got to world number one 
And he said, I didn't quite understand how to relate to it and the requirements and, and everything. And he kind of, he kind of shrunk back from it a little bit, but now he's back to world number one. He said, he said, it's totally different this time. I understand. I, I, I understand what I need to do. Guys that, that play on tour, when the pressure gets on them, when they get to world number one, when they have an opportunity to win, whether it's a PGA tour event or, um, a major championship, they're either going to thrive under the pressure or they're going to shy back away from it. And, uh, the best players in the world are the ones that understand how to handle it. Guys like Brooks Kepka, Tiger Woods, Jack Nicklaus, um, those guys all understand how to handle it and how to thrive with it and become better because of it. We'll continue talking more about this uh, as well, but you look at the names. Since 2001, Retief Goosen, here's your first time uh, major championship winners at the U.S. Open in the last 19 years. And again, we're talking 13 of the last 19. Retief Goosen, who also went on to win again in 2004. Jim Furyk, Michael Campbell, Jeff Ogilvie, Angel Cabrera, Lucas Glover, Graham McDowell, Rory McIlroy, Webb Simpson, Justin Rose, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, who would go on to win, and Gary Woodland. Um, so Brooks gets back-to-back. Gary Woodland um, gets this one. Also sprinkled in that in those 19 years, you have Tiger Woods winning, of course, in 2000, right before that, and then in 2002 and 2008. Martin Keimer in 2014, uh, who was uh, also a winner at the PGA in 2010, and then Jordan Spieth in 2015, who had just won the Masters previously for his. So he won his first two um, that year, the U.S. Open and the, and the Masters, right? Uh, yep, so it's correct. interesting to look at that. And the one that I think is most, I don't know if each one has their own unique story, but the one that is, when you talk about altitude sickness or testing that air, the one that stands out to me is Rory McIlroy in 2011 yep. because he had just completely thrown up all over himself on the back nine at Augusta with an opportunity to win the Masters and then comes right back and wins the U.S. Open. I mean, I, I can't tell you how impressive that is. It just doesn't yep. happen. There's a guy that didn't get out, uh, alt- altitude sickness and was tested that elevation, liked what he felt in that elevation, and went right back after it. Yep, and, th- and that's what I mean. You either, you either get to that point and you, can, you, you survive and, and you thrive under, under the, the pressure, or you totally back away from it. And he loved being in that situation. All right, we'll continue talking more about this. It's interesting. And uh, congrats to Gary Woodland winning his first major championship last week at Pebble Beach in his 31st attempt. More Real Golf coming up next. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Brent Brown. When I opened Brent Brown Toyota in 1999, I never dreamed that in 2016 would be Utah's number one volume new car dealership. And in early 2017, when we became the number one Metro Toyota dealership in the entire United States in customer loyalty, you can imagine how proud I was of my team. Simply put, no other dealer in Utah, or in the entire region for that matter, has as many repeat customers as Brent Brown Toyota in Orem. At Brent Brown Toyota, bending over backwards isn't just a slogan, it's our mission. And just because you get our low prices doesn't mean you have to give up on great service after the sale. In fact, people drive from all over Utah and beyond to get our incredible deals, and then they send their friends and family. You don't become number one in the nation by taking advantage of people and then never seeing them again. Excellence both during and after the sale is what keeps our customers coming back again and again. That's probably why Time Magazine recently selected us as the quality dealer of the year for Utah. So if it's time to buy a new car, why not buy from the best? Brent Brown, Toyota, and Orem. 
I'm Bob Casper with the Casby Real Estate Group, where we have more than 40 years of combined real estate experience in Utah. We understand that the way people buy and sell is rapidly changing, and life's biggest moves can be a stressful experience. At the Casby Real Estate Group, we provide cutting-edge technology, innovative marketing strategies, and skilled negotiation to help you reach your goals. We care about what you care about, and our most important partnership is with you. That's why I'm with Casby Real Estate Group at iPro Realty Network, where we pride ourselves on life's biggest moves simplified. Introducing the Amazing Rewards for Business 321 program. With the Amazing Rewards for Business Visa credit card from Zions Bank, you earn three points for select business purchases, two points for travel, and one point for all other purchases. Learn more about the Amazing Rewards 321 program at ZionsBank.com or your local Zions Bank. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Subject to credit approval, terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. Zions Bank, a division of ZBNA member FDIC. So you've thought about LASIK surgery, but you're hesitant. I get it. It's your eyes, and while it's a hassle to deal with contacts and glasses, the thought of a laser in your eye sounds painful and scary. Well, let me tell you, I had the same feelings until I went to Hoops Vision for my free evaluation. I was super impressed with the time they spent, and they put all my concerns to rest. I left excited and confident knowing that I was in the best hands with the latest technology. The day of the surgery was easy. No pain, comfortable massage chairs, and warm chocolate chip cookies to help me relax. And then the miracle. Within a few minutes, I could see. It's an amazing feeling, and now I can see where my golf ball goes, and I enjoy wearing sunglasses and not dealing with contacts that dry up out in the sun and the wind. It's why major champions like Mike Weir chose Hoops Vision. Hoops Vision is world-renowned, and with new techniques such as smile and camera, there are more options than ever before. Visit HoopsVision.com today and schedule your free consultation. Mention Real Golf Radio, and you could save $1,000 off your procedure. More choices, more experience, better vision at Hoops Vision. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Now back to Brian and Bob. All right, welcome back to Real Golf Radio. Brian and Bob, thanks for joining us. It's been a fun hour. And we're just getting started. Hour number two, the back nine is coming up next. America's favorite caddy stops by. Jeff Babineau, our good friend and golf writer extraordinaire, stops by as well as we continue looking back on the 119th U.S. Open Championship at Pebble Beach that moves to Wingfoot next year, Bob. And we're going to talk setup. Yeah. Wingfoot is just one of those straight-up harder golf courses. There's no two ways about it. Pebble Beach is fine. It's difficult in its own right, but not without what you would expect from a seaside links, and that's the defense of the wind, which just never blew last week. That's right, and I, I think that's why the, the golf course played the way it played, and I, the USGA was uh, trying to prepare for that in case it happened, where uh, this next year at Wingfoot, it's going to be tough. Green slope, big time from back to front, um, and uh, it's you know they they they'll have speed to them. It's going to be a good old fashioned U.S. Open setup. Next we keep year. saying that, and I will really expect it, wind or no wind, next year, unless it rains. Rain is, I mean, Phil Mickelson rains the big says the rain is the big governor. Well, it also yep. can be the big uh, easy button uh, for yes. these players too, keeping the fire out of these greens. But anyway, we'll talk about all that setup and much more coming up on the back nine. Hour number two of Real Golf Radio. Thanks for joining us, Brian Taylor, Bob Casper, with you. Stay tuned.
USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. A U.S. official confirms Iran shooting down an American drone with a surface-to-air missile. That official speaking on condition of anonymity says the drone was taken out in international airspace near the Strait of Hormuz. That contradicts Iranian media reports that the drone was in Iranian airspace at the time. President Trump says his plan to start removing illegal immigrants from the nation next week aims to send a signal. It's, you know, sending a signal that you may get in, but you're not getting in for long and you're going out. The president in that Fox News interview suggesting that Democrats are to blame for the increased number of illegal immigrants, blaming Dems for not fixing asylum laws and loopholes in immigration law. A new USA Today poll concerning the Democratic White House hopefuls finds Joe Biden with a 15-point lead over Bernie Sanders. And this is USA Radio News. At Indeed, we understand that when it comes to hiring, it's important to have a large talent pool to choose from. But sometimes too many good options can be overwhelming. That's why Indeed doesn't just give you access to a large pool of job seekers. We also offer screener tools that let you instantly narrow down your search. Hone in on hiring with Indeed. Experience Indeed for yourself today and get a free sponsored job upgrade on your first posting at Indeed.com promo. Terms and conditions apply. At Walgreens, we know that your day doesn't stop for diabetes. So when you've got places to go and people to see, count on Walgreens every day to get expert diabetes advice 24-7. Find all major brands of testing supplies like Walgreens True Metrics in-store and online. And download tools to help you stay on track, like our five-star mobile app with Pill Reminder. At Walgreens, we are your diabetes go-to. Stop by and talk to your pharmacist today. Walgreens, trusted since 1901. A Sacramento police officer loses her life in the line of duty, responding to a domestic disturbance call last night. Officer Tara O'Sullivan shot while the other officers were helping a woman collect personal belongings so she could leave her home. Deputy Police Chief Dave Poletta. There are no words to convey the depth of sadness we feel or how heartbroken we are for our family of our young, brave officer. The shooter kept officers pinned down for over 40 minutes while the wounded officer lay in a yard. She was later pronounced dead at a hospital. That man held police at bay then for eight hours before he finally surrendered. President Trump says his plan to start removing illegal immigrants from the country next week will send a signal to people who want to come here illegally. He suggests Democrats are to blame for an uptick in illegal immigrants entering the country. The Labor Department says around 216,000 Americans filed first-time claims for jobless benefits last week, 6,000 fewer than last week. This is USA Radio News. Here's a great deal on MyPillow. When you go to MyPillow.com, click on the two-pack special, type in promo code USA, you'll get two MyPillow premium pillows for $69.98. Now that's only $34.99 a pillow. You will not get that price anywhere at retail. It's the lowest price ever offered on radio or TV. And like all MyPillow products, 10-year warranty, 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the two-pack special, use my promo code USA. The FDA is urging e-cigarette makers to look into safety issues after a Nevada teen broke his jaw from an exploding vape pen. The incident happened last year, knocking out several of the teenager's teeth, and at least two deaths are blamed on e-cigarette explosions in the United States. The FDA says e-cigarettes explode when the lithium-ion battery inside a vape pen overheats. There's a new Connecticut lawsuit over transgender students in school sports programs. 
That story from USA Radio's Wendy King. Three high school track stars are suing because the state is allowing transgender girls, who are still physically boys, to compete against other high school girls. The three girls say this policy has cost them top finishes in several events and possibly college scholarships. Elias Defending Freedom is defending the athletes in a complaint filed with the Education Department's Office for Civil Rights. At least 17 states allow transgender high school athletes to compete without restrictions. And authorities often warn against doing it, but if... And authorities often warn against it, but officials in Riviera Beach, Florida, are paying $600,000 in ransom to hackers who took control of the city's data last month. That happened when employees clicked on malicious emails opening the door to the hackers. And for USA Radio News, I'm Chris Barnes. Dish TV is better than cable TV. Why? Because you can save 45% on packages compared to your high-priced cable bill. Wow. Take those giant scissors out and cut the cable. And save with Dish TV. Plus, you get a free DVR upgrade to record your favorite shows and free installation. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch TV for free on your mobile device. Act fast. You can save hundreds of dollars. Does your cable company do that for you? Get all the best TV programming at your fingertips at a fraction of the price of cable TV. So say adios, arrivederci, goodbye to the high cable bill, and save up to 45% on Dish TV packages today. These are limited time offers and can change at any time. Call fast. 800-405-2561. 800-405-2561. 800-405-2561. That's 800-405-2561. The second nine, the finishing holes, the closing stretch. It starts now. Here's the back nine, our number two of Real Golf Radio. With the steady, stripe it down the middle. Make every putt because it's in your blood, Bob Casper. And that better lucky than good handled dragon flipper, Brian Taylor. Here's Brian and Bob. Hey, welcome in. Hour number two, the back nine of Real Golf Radio. Brian Taylor, Bob Casper, son of two-time U.S. Open champ, Billy Casper, thanks so much for being with us. Again, the website, realgolfradio.com. Twitter handle, hit us up. Give us a follow, at Real Golf is where you can find us. Also, you can hit us up on the other Instagram, Facebook, and whatnot at Real Golf Radio. All available there. Still to come on the back nine, hour number two, we'll welcome in our good friend from Golf Channel, Jaime Diaz, uh, who is kind enough to be part of the show over the years and always has great insights. Good to visit with him in person at Pebble Beach last week. Look forward to hearing his thoughts on Gary Woodland's big win at Pebble last week at the U.S. Open. America's favorite caddy stops by Jeff Babineau as well, all in a stacked hour number two here as we look back on uh, what was really a, a historic event, um, a, a tremendous win by Gary Player, a uh, just the no Gary flinch. Woodland. Oh, I'm sorry, Gary Gary Woodland. <laughs> what a player Gary Woodland is, right? There you go. There, yeah, hey, you know what? When your name's Gary and you're in golf, I mean, that's that's not bad, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. That's kind of how I always felt about you, Bob. I mean, I was, you know, people used to call you Bobby all the time, but I assume it was after Bobby Jones. I don't know if that's why there, you're... You know what? Wish I could have had a fraction of what he did. <laughs> a fourth of the, that year. The fourth of that yes. one year. Just getting one yeah, of those majors, nice. right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Or a law degree, for that matter. 
<laughs> Why not? That's true. So yeah, sorry, Gary Gary Woodland uh, with with didn't flinch. He played like a champ when the greatest, most dominant player in our game today. Wow, how was that? Brooks Kepka. It's time to start piling on the accolades for Brooks. By the way, Bob. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's really good. I mean, you, you've seen guys, yeah, in his position, guys that just no-showed, or maybe they were in the top 30, you know, or just made the cut. But he was, Brooks was battling the whole time. Yep, he was. And uh, and he came out firing in the final round and put the pressure on Woodland. So it's, it's pretty fun. It's, I thought it was player. Oh, it's Woodland. You're right. <laughs> we'll have some fun with that. Gary Player, Gary Woodland. I'll tell you what, Gary Woodland probably could bench press Gary Player about 200 times. <laughs> He's a big guy. you know. And, and look, the other thing you can start talking about that we haven't spent a lot of time on is the physique and what these guys, you know, the way they are able to get their bodies in shape and just manhandle these golf courses with brute strength but also with uh, the touch uh, of an artist, as we mentioned, and that's exactly what Gary Woodland did, especially as you mentioned before, that chip on the 17th green. Wow. Yeah. Uh, pretty, imp- pretty impressive stuff. So all of that is straight away. Here is the back nine. Hour number two continues next right here on Real Golf Radio. You love crushing the long ball. Well, so do the pros. That's why they play Callaway. And that's why Callaway is now the number one driver on major tours worldwide. Led by the Epic Flash, with Flash Face technology, Callaway used artificial intelligence to completely maximize distance and deliver ball speed you didn't even know was possible. Basically, they used crazy science to solve very important things like hitting more bombs. What a world. Go own the tee box like the pros. Build your epic flash driver today at CallawayGolf.com. The new Chrome Soft is better from tee to green. To maximize control, you need a ball with a soft, thin cover. Chrome Soft has a tour urethane cover, which feels incredible. Under the cover is the mantle. The guys in R&D at Callaway have tuned this layer to produce a more penetrating ball flight from 50 to 125 yards. Distance control in the scoring zone is everything. More control means more birdies. And I like birdies. This is the dual soft fast core. So what does it do? It produces ultra low spin off the driver for incredibly fast ball speed yet the core is still soft enough for you to compress the ball off the long irons. It's extremely soft and extremely fast. That's the secret behind Chrome Soft. The new Chrome Soft from Callaway. It's the ball that changed the ball. We just changed the putter. Now you need to change yours. A multi-material shaft enabled a radical shift in weight distribution, resulting in a putter designed to improve your actual stroke. Because a better stroke helps make more putts. This is a stroke of genius. Stroke Lab from Odyssey, the number one putter in golf. At the first tee... We believe a good grip can be the foundation for success both on and off the golf course. We don't just teach golf, we teach life skills. And help drive young people to be the next generation of great mentors. 
To learn more, visit thefirstd.org. Big Bertha. It's an iconic name. Some of the longest and straightest clubs in all of golf. Well, now, the legend just got even easier to hit. The new Big Bertha irons from Callaway are powered by a suspended energy core, a totally new construction to deliver easy launch, long, consistent distance with incredible sound and feel. This is by far Callaway's easiest-to-launch distance iron ever. Get big-time distance now. Experience Big Bertha irons today at your local golf shop or at CallawayGolf.com. Now back to Real Golf Radio with Brian and Bob. Welcome back into Real Golf Radio. Brian Taylor, Bob Casper with you. Thanks for joining us. This segment brought to you in part by Callaway, the number one driver in golf on major tours worldwide with the artificial intelligence. The new Epic Flash is unlocking unheard of distance. Own the tee box and get your Epic Flash today at Callaway Golf. Dot com And uh, really excited to, for our next guest as we look back on the last week's U.S. Open Championship at Pebble Beach, a tremendous venue and really a, a, an impressive outcome and performance by one Gary Woodland. And Jaime Diaz from Golf Channel, kind enough to join us. You see him on the, on the Golf Channel doing analysis and uh, letting us in on the details and insights, and he joins us right now. Jaime, how are you, buddy? I'm good, Brian. Nice to be with you. Yeah, good to have you on the show as always. So uh, the thing that stood out to me, uh, with all of the storylines coming in was how well Gary Woodland was able to, I guess, uh, uh, be in the moment and just and, and not flinch. I mean, he just seemed unflappable on the biggest stage. He's definitely evolved as a player, especially mentally. You know, he's a guy who a lot of talent, but kind of got a slower start in golf, probably because he was a basketball bear, player primarily. And just was a little bit behind his peers, even though he probably was a little ahead of him in terms of physical ability. Uh, but I think he's really focused these last couple of years on the things that matter most, the scoring, which are short game and putting and mental approach. And, you know, he wasn't a great guy on Sunday all the time when he had the lead or around the lead. And, man, did he learn his lesson in terms of how to stay poised. He said he learned a lot last year at, the, at Bell Reeve with Tiger uh, when he played there in, in one of the final groups. And, and he just let his talent kind of – for itself, and a couple of those shots he hit were just all-timers. I mean, the second shot to 14, that three-wood, I haven't seen many guys carry it over that bunker and stop it near the green, the hole like that, at a big, big moment when OP's lurking to the right and a big number's left, possibly. And the same thing on 17, that was kind of a do-or-die chip from, you know, very, very short fringe, basically the putting green itself, and he nipped it perfectly to within, you know, two feet, and that kind of clinched it right there. I kept a Gave him a great battle, and he's the most intimidating guy in golf right now. And, and Gary, just as you said, just handled it like a guy who'd been there many, many times. You know, it's pretty interesting. You got you got Kepka, and he's got that kind of steely nerve, um, kind of almost like you don't he doesn't have a heartbeat. And and Woodland was kind of almost the same way when when he, like you said, he hit that that shot on fourteen. He hit that pitch on on uh, seventeen from off the off the green. It's pretty interesting to see these guys and how they are able to calm themselves and be able to perform under that type of pressure. I really think, Bob, you know, and I, whenever I talk to you, I always think of your dad. And, and I mean, I love talking to your dad, especially late in his career, about that very thing, that ability to be poised and steely. And, you know, a lot of it came from his background because he was tough. 
but a lot of it was learned as well. And I think it, it can be a learned response. And, you know, it's really what, to me, separates the very, very best from the rest. Because when the guys who get in contention and have that quality on Sunday, uh, they're the ones who actually build up the career victories, the guys who win more often. And it's the biggest separator, I think, at the top of the game. It's not the biggest separator in terms of staying out on tour. That's about ball striking and just the rudiments of being a good player. But to be a great player, you've got to be exceptional mentally and really cool on Sunday. And I think that's the, the thing that the players admire the most about Tiger over the years. The thing that, you know, I think is just the hardest to attain. I think probably there has been, there has been a sort of progress in what it actually takes. And Gary Woodland's a great example of a guy who at age 35 has made himself a different player on Sunday. Some of it's experience, but a lot of it is studying and learning and doing the right thing based on, you know, what works in, in terms of keeping your brain waves and all these analytical things they, they now have, uh, you know, quiet and calm. And they talk about the quiet mind, the quiet eye. That's something that you can learn, I guess, uh, at least more than you used to be able to with things other than just experience. You can learn it by, by a, a sports psychologist directing you in the right way. Jaime Diaz, kind enough to join us here on Real Golf Radio. I, I love the things you're talking about. Let's talk about for the next either major championship or the next U.S. Open specifically. You get asked, we get asked, who is going to win the next major? Who's going to win the U.S. Open this year at Pebble Beach? I don't remember talking about Gary Woodland, and, and, and yet he played like we should have been talking about him, and we will talk about him going forward, no doubt about it. But when you look at the, the fact that 13 of the last 19 U.S. Open champs have been first-time major winners, how do you pick one? Why do we always talk about the favorites when it seems like it's, that they tend to come out of nowhere in, in a lot of instances? Well, I think, you know, what's underrated about golf is uh, you, especially the U.S. Open, you cannot really fake it with a B-minus, C-plus game. You have to be on your game no matter how good you are. And that goes for Jack Nicklaus on down. And, in fact, I kind of learned this lesson uh, from Jack Nicklaus, uh, not firsthand, but, I mean, from him talking about it, simply that he never won a U.S. Open that he was not really on top of his game, number one, and when he wasn't on top of his game, it was the one major that he really couldn't contend in. If he wasn't, you know, on it, he basically knew he couldn't win that week. Uh, he tried to peak, and he was great at it, and he won four of them. But if you look at his record, he missed more cuts. He finished out of the top ten more often in the U.S. Open than any other of the, of the four majors. And the reason is it's just unforgiving. And so you have to be really on. And, and you know, everybody on tour who's out there has the capacity to be really on. Can they be on on Sunday? That's the separator that we talked about with Gary Woodland. But I think there are – the reason we see guys who maybe you wouldn't think of, it's because that was their week, whether it was Andy North or Scott Simpson or any number of people who we say, how did he win? Well, he was a, he's a professional golfer who was on. And, you know, I think it takes more um, – it takes place more often in the U.S. Open than any of the other majors. Uh, you know, at, at the Masters, a lot of familiarity with the course. At the British Open, same thing in terms of knowing how to handle Lynx golf. PGA is kind of anybody's championship. Uh, you don't, it's not as testing. You don't have to be on like you are at the U.S. Open. And so that's my answer, I guess. And I always feel like trying to go, call a golf tournament in advance is, is a fool's errand, as they say. You know, I mean, Tiger definitely had that kind of ability that 
if you picked him, you know, it was a one in three chance he was going to win no matter what, just because he had that record throughout. But in general, man, I will always take the field against one guy. <laughs> no doubt about it. You had mentioned in your just in your comment there that the that the U.S. Open is is an unver, unforgiving championship. How do you feel about the setup and and how it was set up this year there at Pebble Beach as compared to like say the the previous four years where they got a lot of criticism for? Well, it's a great point, Bob, because it's ironic that I think they actually did back off a bit this this year, and and for good reason. I mean, the USGA has been taking so much criticism, a lot of it, in my opinion, unfair. But the court of public opinion was starting to swing against them. And it's important for the U.S. Open, excuse me, for the USGA to be respected, uh, not just by the players, but by the public, because they're the rules-making body. They do a lot of things that help the average golfer. And if people don't want to follow those rules, there's no law against playing any way you want to play. So for the USGA to have authority, the U.S. Open has to go well, because that's the most visible vehicle they have. And it hadn't gone well for about three years in a row. I think not because it was messed up, but because the players chose to be very, very critical. Uh, I'm not saying they didn't have any reason to be critical. Chambers Bay didn't have great greens. Okay, criticize it. Didn't mean the championship was no good. I mean, Jordan Spieth and Dustin Johnson came down in one of the great finishes ever. Uh, Oakmont was messed up because of the ruling with Dustin Johnson. That became part of the narrative that, oh, USGA didn't know what they're doing. Then you go to Aaron Hills, not necessarily the greatest site. They were trying to experiment with different kind of places to maybe hold the challenge. Probably didn't work in terms of the traditionalists liking it. But it wasn't bad. I mean, Brooks Kepka played great. Uh, last year was really damaging because in 2004, when they went to Shinnecock Hills, they had a real problem with the seventh green. And that green uh, just created this vision of, you know, unplayable setup. And the first job they had in 2018 was not to repeat it and something similar happened and it just really along with the context of the other three tournaments we just talked about really created this USA is incompetent kind of uh you know piling on narrative and so I think you know playing it safe at Pebble was great and it wasn't as testing perhaps as uh you know a traditional U.S. Open they'll get a lot of that next year at Wingfoot anyway I think practically speaking expediently speaking it was the right decision this year to go a little softer yeah and don't you think Jaime if they had played for it on the edge and the sun did come out and the wind happened to blow they would have repeated the same mistake that happened in Shinnecock and as you said they couldn't come back from another one of those well I don't think they would have repeated it absolutely not they were not I mean I talked enough to Mike Davis and John Bodenhammer prior and you know between the lines what they were saying is we're going to let Pebble Beach speak for however Mother Nature treats us. And so as a result, they, you know, they were tempted as it got softer to maybe make the whole position a little, uh, a little harder, but they didn't do it. And if it had been uh, windy, as, as it was in 92, and, and sunny and dried out, I mean, I believe them. They said we were not going we to push it at that point. We were yeah. going to, if anything, back off. Yep, and I think they did it right. Uh, Jaime, we're out of time, unfortunately. Great insights, as always. Really appreciate your time, and uh, great stuff. We'll, we'll hit you up again soon. I'll look forward to it, Brian. Thanks, Bob. Take care. Thanks. All right, there Thanks, you go. Jaime. Jaime Diaz joining us from Golf Channel right here on Real Golf Radio, looking back at the U.S. Open. Stay tuned. Caddy's next. I'm Bob Casper with the Casby Real Estate Group, where we have more than 40 years of combined real estate experience in Utah. 
We understand that the way people buy and sell is rapidly changing, and life's biggest moves can be a stressful experience. At the Casby Real Estate Group, we provide cutting-edge technology, innovative marketing strategies, and skilled negotiation to help you reach your goals. We care about what you care about, and our most important partnership is with you. That's why I'm with Casby Real Estate Group at iPro Realty Network, where we pride ourselves on life's biggest moves simplified. Make you into golf, the place to shop for dads and grads with their summer savings sale happening now. Score a 50% bonus trade-in on your old clubs towards the purchase of a Titleist TS2 or TS3 driver. And measure your distance with Bushnell GPS and rangefinders and save up to $70. Choose from the Phantom, the Hybrid, or the Tour V4 shift. You Into Golf is your place to shop for the hottest golf gear this summer. You Into Golf, home of the 90-day satisfaction guarantee. Introducing the Amazing Rewards for Business 321 program. With the Amazing Rewards for Business Visa credit card from Zions Bank, you earn three points for select business purchases, two points for travel, and one point for all other purchases. Learn more about the Amazing Rewards 321 program at ZionsBank.com or your local Zions Bank. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Subject to credit approval, terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. Zions Bank, a division of ZBNA member FDIC. So you've thought about LASIK surgery, but you're hesitant. I get it. It's your eyes, and while it's a hassle to deal with contacts and glasses, the thought of a laser in your eye sounds painful and scary. Well, let me tell you, I had the same feelings until I went to Hoops Vision for my free evaluation. I was super impressed with the time they spent, and they put all my concerns to rest. I left excited and confident knowing that I was in the best hands with the latest technology. The day of the surgery was easy. No pain, comfortable massage chairs, and warm chocolate chip cookies to help me relax. And then the miracle. Within a few minutes, I could see. It's an amazing feeling, and now I can see where my golf ball goes, and I enjoy wearing sunglasses and not dealing with contacts that dry up out in the sun and the wind. It's why major champions like Mike Weir chose Hoops Vision. Hoops Vision is world-renowned, and with new techniques such as smile and camera, there are more options than ever before. Visit HoopsVision.com today and schedule your free consultation. Mention Real Golf Radio, and you could save $1,000 off your procedure. More choices, more experience, better vision at Hoops Vision. Hi, fellow sports fans. It's Ned Siegfried. What would we do without sports? Following our favorite sports teams, whether it be the Jazz or the Utes or the Cougs, takes our mind off the many challenges in life. Accidents and their resulting injuries are certainly unexpected challenges that many people are forced to deal with. If you're one of these people, we'd love to talk to you about your situation. Call us at 801-222-2222. We'll talk to you for free. Or visit us at SiegfriedandJensen.com. Now back to Real Golf Radio, talking golf back when 300-yard drives were big. For real, here's Brian and Bob. All right, welcome back to Real Golf Radio. Brian and Bob with you. This segment is brought to you by Odyssey, the number one putter in golf. Number one again last week at the U.S. Open. It's been a clean sweep of majors and tours worldwide. More players choose Odyssey than any other putter in golf. Check out odysseygolf.com and specifically the new Stroke Lab putters. I know Bob likes to chime in on that one. He's rolling rolling in some putts. It's a good one. Yeah. Well, it's about time you went out and made some putts. (laughs) Jeez, Casper. I'm just kidding. You always make putts, but uh, hey, you look good doing it with one of those new Stroke Lab number sevens. Check it out at odysseygolf.com. Time for America's favorite caddy. There are bag rats. (laughs) 
And then there are caddies. Baby. Pro jocks who are legends in caddy shacks across the PGA Tour. While we can neither confirm nor deny the existence of this legendary looper, here he is, the caddy on Real Golf Radio. And the caddy joins us right here on Real Golf Radio. Caddy, good morning. How are you? Speaking of Odyssey putters. Okay. My player once, I, I once chose an Odyssey putter for my player, and he didn't miss a putter under 10 feet for the entire tournament, won by 11 shots. <laughs> so I can say that one was pretty effective. <laughs> well, what That's can you say? good. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully my memory's not foggy, but I, I distinctly remember that. Don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. I've heard that more than once from you, sir. Um, yes, sir. Uh, so by the way, I hope he kept that putter for a little while because I know you and Bob both gave me a bunch of crap one time for switching a putter when I was putting well, or at least a putting grip. Yes. A grip. No, everybody goes away from what works. I, why, why would you keep doing it? <laughs> uh, very nice. Classic. Well, hey caddy. So we're looking back at the U S open last week and, and obviously I want to get your thoughts on Gary Woodland and how he won. But first of all, just, uh, we just uh, were visiting with Jaime Diaz from golf channel and had sort of talked about the setup. I want to, I want to get your take on the setup there at, at Pebble beach. You've caddied in U S opens at Pebble. You've been around that golf course many times. It was ideal with a capital ideal scoring conditions at Pebble beach. I mean, hardly a breath of wind, cool temperatures. The fog layer was in there, keeping the moisture in the golf course and the course putted absolutely perfectly on those Poana greens. So with all of that said, Gary Woodland and others took advantage of it and they played well and scored low. Did you have a problem with that or were you okay with it? What's your take on the setup? I think the factors that you mentioned are a big deal. The, the main one that I'm going to point to is how smooth those greens were. Ugh. I've never in 25, 30 years seen Pebble's greens putt that well. It was crazy. And you saw guys pulling out putts from everywhere. So that had a probably that was probably four to six shots, believe it or not, on the on the seventy two hole scoring. Um, I'm going to give everybody one more putt around because of the conditions of the greens, at least. So let's consider that first of all. Wow. Um, versus all the other U.S. Opens. Um, the other thing versus the other U.S. Opens is you never had a whole lot of wind to contend with. You just didn't have the crazy day like you did on the last day of the Tom Kite U.S. Open. Think about Nicholas hitting that one iron into 17. It was obviously yeah. very windy. He did that. Um, I can't really remember how it was the year when Watson won it in 82, um, what the wind was like. But, uh, you know, it, it, when McDowell, when McDowell's opened in 2010, I don't think it got, I don't think wind was a, a huge factor at that open. The difference between that open and this open was it was crispier feeling or firmer and faster mm-hmm. feeling. And, but again, the greens would have been bumpier than they were this year. So, um, I think the setup was good. I I think if you had any kind of weather, any kind of wind, um, it would have been difficult to break par. Pebbles just not, Pebbles, of course, you can really get when it's not windy and it's okay. Um, personally, I would have liked to have seen it a little crispier earlier in the week. I like a little brown in my U.S. Open. (laughs) I also would have liked to have seen the rough higher. In general, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a fan of the hit it in the rough. You got to try to hack it out to the fairway. U.S. Open. That's, that's what I like to see. And there were, you know, plenty of shots. I, I, I saw very few shots 
that week where guys really had a tough time coming out of the rough. Um, so I, I kind of I kind of like that really high hack it out rough. But other than that, I think the setup was was, was good. It was very good. Do you think it's going to be? Do you think the setup from this year, a kinder, gentler U.S. Open, um, is going to kind of be the buffer between what's happened the past four or five years and and possibly what we're going to see at Wingfoot? I hope not. I hope uh, I want to hear guys. If guys aren't complaining and moaning and groaning, I, I think there's something wrong. I think I, we need some. I need pain at the U.S. Open. That's it's the tournament pain. that's not supposed to be. It's not supposed to be fair. It's not supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be like any other tournament. It's supposed to be like going in for a root canal and trying to survive it. That's what the U.S. Open is supposed to be. So, well, I hope not. I hope we have. All, hey, look, all we need to win foot is real simple. Throw the rough thick and high so you got to hack it out. You can't hit an eight iron onto the green out of the rough, number one. Number two, keep the green firm. That's it. End of story. No, there's no doubt. You'll have, you'll, you'll have close to an overpar, if not an overpar, U.S. Open at that golf course just doing those two things. And that's what Wingfoot, that's the calling card of Wingfoot, right? And and here, look, uh, this is what I'll say about Pebble. Is I love what you said about it. Uh, it's a seaside golf course. When the wind's not blowing, you can get it. That's what it's set up because if you couldn't get it without the wind, then how in the world are you even going to play it when it is windy? And which, by the way, the most of the time it's windy. So they just happen to get this perfect storm or lack thereof and yes. are able to take advantage of it. And, and as you said, the greens were rolling awesome. So I personally don't have a problem with it being that it, it, the players determined who won, not the USGA. USGA set it up and let them go at it, and I'm okay with that. I am. I do say that I think traditionally you want to, when you're playing a golf course like Wingfoot, if they trimmed the rough down and made it into a golf course that resembled, say, you know, uh, a Torrey Pines setup, which is also very difficult, or just a regular tour event, then I think you would have some criticism for them not setting it up hard enough. But it doesn't matter if the wind's blowing or the wind's not blowing out at Wingfoot. It's going to be hard because of the way that golf course is set up. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's, the other difference is you don't have to prepare for, you don't have to prepare for weather at Wingfoot like you, you have to at right. Pebble. That's that's the big difference. But I, I would have liked to really that if I could have changed just one thing at Pebble, I would have gone with higher, tougher, more brutal rough throughout the golf course than there was. Um, otherwise, otherwise, yeah, the setup was great. So yeah, the only thing you're going to have to worry about at Wingfoot is basically. Um, thunderstorms and and rain and that kind of thing being on the on the east coast so to speak but um thoughts about um thoughts you you had mentioned about the green conditions and the ability uh how smooth they were and that kind of thing was we didn't see the poana growing late in the day because of not having warm weather is that correct i am not an agronomist i know i'm on (laughs) i'm looking at grass right now I know it's bent grass. That's about all I know right there. I know bent, and I know not bent. So I'm not. Uh, I mean, I certainly know Poe when I see it because I, I grew up on courses that are Poe all over. I love Poe. I love putting on Poe and playing on Poe. So, um, I which generally what happens is Poe grows as you get grows fast during the day. So you've got these little clumps that grow here and there on the green, and it kind of gets plinko by the end of the day. Um, that's what Poe does. If you think about Tiger's putt at Torrey Pines, the tie Rocco on the 72nd hole, uh, that thing was bouncing all over the place when it was going down there. 
Um, that's that's afternoon Poe normally. But you didn't get that at Pebble. You watch those putts in slow motion; they were rolling right on the line they were going on. They were not juking right and left. It was pretty impressive. Very impressive. I don't know what Chris did, I don't know what Chris did but whatever he did, he needs to patent it and sell it to the other superintendents around the world because it was impressive. Caddy joining us here on Real Golf Radio, Gary Woodland. Uh, what what can you say about this guy? I mean, he, you know, as we've talked about it on the show, he was he was he really didn't flinch on the biggest stage under that spotlight, under the microscope, but whatever, use whatever analogy you want. He he held his ground, played some phenomenal golf, and held off Brooks Kepka, who put on a really impressive charge Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon. I bet you Tiger Woods called up Gary after the tournament and said. Could you give me some advice on how to finish off a tournament? It couldn't have been one inch more impressive. He, he played like he had been there 8,000 times and done it before and had no doubt in his mind that he was going to do it. I, 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 was, I could not have been more impressed with his mental game on Sunday. It was flat out 100% A+. Plus. Wait, well done. What can you say? Hey, Caddy, how well do you know Brennan Little? We know he caddied for Mike Weir when he won the Masters, but uh, it looked like he was uh, he was an integral part of, of that with uh, Gary Woodland on the final round. I know him a little. That was a cat. That was a pun, I guess. <laughs> yes, nice. a little. I'm at a higher altitude maybe than you guys right now. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, Brennan, Brennan's been around forever. He's got a ton of experience, got a ton of wins. He's won a bunch with Weir. He took the Masters with Mike Weir. Um, I thought it was pretty impressive. The, you know, the hitting hitting the three wood on fourteen uh, and two. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of that play, but it sure worked out well. And it was pretty cool that Gary said Brennan was so positive about that play that it increased his confidence. That's a pretty neat statement to hear from a player. I mean, he's basically telling you he he helped me hit that shot well. And that, I mean, that's like it doesn't get any better than that as a caddy to hear that. That's that's really talk about knowing your player and knowing what to do at the right time. I mean, that that's about as impressive as it gets too. I mean, that was just that was just a ridiculously stellar performance. It was flawless between those two guys. That you don't see that very often. Wow! Yeah, it was uh, it, it's it was good to see. Uh, it was fun to watch, and again, I think they were precise. I, I kept thinking, Caddy, what would Phil do on the seventy second hole with the two shot lead at Pebble Beach in a par five? Is he hitting irons like that? What do you think? Well, what did he do at the AT and T with the two shot lead? He had four iron off the tee. He did. You're right. So there, you, there's your answer. All right. He doesn't want to say I'm although, such an idiot twice, huh? Well, although it's the U.S. Open and you know, you can't ever discount the slight chance that Phil might want to give us a thrill. <laughs> Phil the thrill. Well, it was good stuff. Hey, great insights, Caddy. Really appreciate it, man. Uh, always good to catch up to you, and uh, we'll talk next week, huh? Thank you, gentlemen. There you go. That's the Caddy joining us right here on Real Golf Radio. Stay tuned. More Real Golf Radio continues next. Jeff Babineau. Uh Stay tuned. This is Real Golf Radio. So you've thought about LASIK surgery, but you're hesitant. 
I get it. It's your eyes, and while it's a hassle to deal with contacts and glasses, the thought of a laser in your eye sounds painful and scary. Well, let me tell you, I had the same feelings until I went to Hoops Vision for my free evaluation. I was super impressed with the time they spent, and they put all my concerns to rest. I left excited and confident knowing that I was in the best hands with the latest technology. The day of the surgery was easy. No pain, comfortable massage chairs, and warm chocolate chip cookies to help me relax. And then the miracle. Within a few minutes, I could see. It's an amazing feeling, and now I can see where my golf ball goes, and I enjoy wearing sunglasses and not dealing with contacts that dry up out in the sun and the wind. It's why major champions like Mike Weir chose Hoops Vision. Hoops Vision is world-renowned, and with new techniques such as smile and camera, there are more options than ever before. Visit HoopsVision.com today and schedule your free consultation. Mention Real Golf Radio, and you could save $1,000 off your procedure. More choices, more experience, better vision at Hoops Vision. And here's Ricky on 12. What a comeback it's been for him today. Pin placement is a little tricky. We're seeing something... uh... Something is getting closer. Holy. And that'll cost him. It can be dangerous to drive while distracted. Yet at any daytime moment, almost 660,000 drivers across the country are using electronic devices while they drive. Join me and commit to always driving distraction-free. We are farmers. The new OGO Alpha Convoy golf bags set a new standard for what cart bags should be. The new OGO Shadow Fuse 304 stand bag is ultra sleek, but there's nothing simple about it. The OGO Alpha is inspired by tactical military gear and high-performance equipment from the outdoor industry. While the Shadow's integrated design and finest performance materials work seamlessly to deliver absolute efficiency for unmatched performance. Both are in stores now, or check it out at OGO.com. You can tell a lot about a golfer by the way he sets his hands on the club. Is he squeezing the life out of it, or is it like he's cradling a newborn baby? Holding a light so he can feel the club head eliminates tension, increases swing speed, and improves accuracy. These are the things our grips promote. Because the secret to golf isn't how you put your hands on the club, it's the way you put your hands on a wind grip. Win, play your best golf. You love crushing the long ball. Well, so do the pros. That's why they play Callaway. And that's why Callaway is now the number one driver on major tours worldwide. Led by the Epic Flash, with Flash Face technology, Callaway used artificial intelligence to completely maximize distance and deliver ball speed you didn't even know was possible. Basically, they used crazy science to solve very important things Like hitting more bombs. What a world. Go own the tee box like the pros. Build your epic flash driver today at CallawayGolf.com. You're listening to Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. Talking golf since Jordan Spieth was in first grade. You started it. That's real golf radio. All right, welcome back to the show. Brian and Bob with you. Thanks for joining us here. Again, the website's realgolfradio.com. Twitter handle is at realgolf. And you can find us on uh, Instagram, Facebook, at Real Golf Radio as well. So however you're accessing us, podcasts, whatnot. And then, hey, just a reminder, coming up July 6th, back on the satellite again. You can catch us on Sirius XM on Channel 211 on the Dan Patrick Network. Uh, excited to be back there doing a little XM. And, uh, we, you know, we were there for a lot of years on, uh, on yep. XM. It's good to be back. So uh, we'll enjoy that. Hopefully you do as well. Um, 
I'll tell you what, uh, really excited about our next guest joining us. Uh, he's been on the show for a long time, one of our regulars and a good friend of ours, Jeff Babineau, kind enough to be with us. Hey, Jeff, how are you, man? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Yeah, we're doing good. Hey, that was a... That was a pretty fun week last week, you know. You and maybe that's odd to say coming off of a U.S. Open. That was a pretty fun <laughs> week, but it was. I, I enjoyed it, and I was super impressed with Gary Woodland. Oh, I was really impressed. You know, I mean, he had the spotlight on him all weekend long. Uh, you know, in the in the last group Saturday and Sunday, which was a huge test for him, and I just thought he handled it beautifully. He played so well. He had just he had the confidence brimming, and, and he showed that he has a lot of game. And I think a lot of times when these guys hit it long, you think of them as pretty one-dimensional, but he has a really nicely rounded game. He'd worked hard on his putting, and he held off Brooks Kepka. So it was, uh, you know, being that it was at Pebble Beach and uh, watching him come through in the end, I thought it was just a real cool weekend. So let me ask you something here, Babs. Uh, I know Gary Wilden, and I want to find out more what you know about him, but the, the lists of, of winners of the U.S. Open, the last, let's call it 20 years, going back to 2000 when Tiger won, you've got 13 of the next 19 were first-time major winners. And, and so when you, when you think about Woodland, and, and as well as he played, you would think we should have been talking about him coming in, that we should have seen this coming. He played so confidently and so flawlessly that it, it's, it's amazing. And it just shows how hard it is to sort of predict who's going to win, especially at a U.S. Open. But listen to some of these names. Ratif Goosen in 2001, Jim Furyk in 2003, Michael Campbell in 05, um, Jeff Ogilvie in 6, Cabrera in 7, Lucas Glover in 9, Graham McDowell in 10, Rory McIlroy in 11, Webb Simpson in 12, Justin Rose in 13, Dustin Johnson in 16, Brooks Kepka in 17, and then uh, Gary Woodland here in 2019. Those are the first-time major winners at the U.S. Open over the last 19 years. Some of those guys, you go, oh, yeah, we, we, we saw that coming. Others, you're like, no, we didn't see that coming. I just wonder, what is it about the U.S. Open uh, that maybe affords some people to jump out and pick up their first major? Well, I mean, for years, I think we had that at the PGA. The PGA was known as the, the major yeah. where guys popped in and got their first one, right? David Toms and Sean McKeel and, and all this run of guys. It was a lot of first-time major winners. And, and more at the U.S. Open, you got kind of had U.S. Open-style players. Uh, you know, you looked at you looked at a Curtis Strange or a Corey Pavin. So when he won, it wasn't a big thing. But, yeah, you, that's quite a mix you talk about. I mean, I can – I was there for a lot of those wins, watching those tournaments. I can tell you in 2001, we knew very little about Ratif Goosen and how good a player he would be. But right. then you look at someone like Justin Rose winning, what, six years ago, and you say, well, you know, that guy's going to win some majors. I mean, he is a world-class game. So I think Gary Woodland probably falls somewhere in the middle there. Uh, you know, he certainly played well last year on a big stage, going head-to-head with Tiger Woods at the PGA. Yeah, I think he pulled he pulled a lot out of that. You know, he he learned on Sunday. He learned to kind of slow himself down a little. Everything was moving fast, but he's another one of these guys that, like a Kepka, I guess, that they were athletes and they played other sports and they bring this confidence from these other sports into golf, uh, which I think is really interesting. You know, Gary was a really good baseball player as well as playing college basketball, uh, and then he brings this competitiveness over to the golf side. So he's got some catching up to do on the golf side, but but inside is this great competitor, you know, and and I think that kind of rose out of him this weekend at Pebble. You know, he's a guy that's won uh, three times going into the U.S. Open. Uh, now is fourth, now a fourth win. 
Um, he, he's also playing Ritter Cups, uh, you know, cutting his teeth and, and, and getting, getting to the next level um, so that he can compete and, and feel comfortable competing and finally came through with a major. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it builds, right? I mean, I remember when he won in Tampa in 11, uh, and you thought, wow, this guy, you know, he can really put it together and win, but it's it's hard to win out there. That's, that's why I say I, I do think you've got to accumulate experiences. You know, he, he made the match play final, but then lost to Rory. He, he had Tiger last year in the PGA and Kepka, you know, in there, and, and that was another good experience. So you kind of build, and you build this confidence, and, you build this sense of, you know, I do belong up here. Uh, and and he, he just showed that. You know, I think there were a couple of moments there where his confidence really shone. I mean, it it shined on, uh, you know, when he hit that second shot into 14, when his caddy told him to go for that shot, Brendan Little, he, that filled him with confidence. He's like, yeah, I got a guy on my bag who believes in me. I'm going to pull this off. And and then that the pitch he made on 17 was, was all world. You know, almost pitching that thing in from, 30 yards out on that hourglass green. So I just think it's these experiences accumulate, your confidence builds, and you finally believe enough in yourself to get it done, and you got it done at a very special place. Jeff Babineau joining us here on Real Golf Radio. So, Jeff, uh, how about uh, Brooks Kepka? In his uh, double defense, uh, back-to-back defense, he's – he was right there really to the last hole. I mean, he battled it out. He got off to a hot start and nearly, uh, you know, made history over a hundred year old history there. It, it, you just continue yeah. to be impressed with that guy, huh? It, I think he's amazing. And I still don't think he really gets his due. Honestly, I, I read a good chat with Damon Hack about that the other day. I mean, is this guy really getting his due for what he's doing? Uh, I remember how good Jordan Spieth was in 15 when he was a shot out of that playoff at St. Andrews. And would have been going to Whistling Straits with a shot at the uh, Grand Slam. And that felt like a once-in-a-generation type season, right, with all the depth these days, to have a season like that, to be there at all four majors. And, and Kepka just keeps doing it. You know, I think in his last 15 majors, he's been worse than 13th one time. Yeah. Uh, and he just keeps – he's there all the time. It shows you how strong his mindset is and how big his confidence is and – and he does it in all sort of settings, right? He, he had a track meet at Aaron Hills and he wins, or he can grind it out at Shinnecock and win. And uh, he was right there. I mean, I, he kind of blinked, I think, by not burning the, the last hole and forcing Woodland to make five at Pebble. But uh, he doesn't blink much in the majors. And, and I think it's an amazing run that we've been watching now for better than three years. So, you know, we, we've talked about the majors in Kepska and Kepska and what, what he's been able to do, but – it seems like it's hard for him to convert that into um, regular tour wins. Yeah. Um, almost like he's not interested. He wants the big. He wants the big stage, and and uh, the regular tour wins are kind of ancillary. You know, obviously he gets up for those majors. There's something missing at a regular event. I when I flipped on the TV at, at Travelers for the first round, he was one over par at, at a place where guys are just you know birdie barrage out there. And so obviously, and I think he knows that, acknowledges that, that he's got to find a happy medium there where, I mean, every week certainly isn't a major, but he certainly has to show himself and show a little more consistency at the week-to-week events. But, but I mean, it shows you how much he does get up for the big ones. And, uh, and at those, he's, he's been amazing. He really has. I, I just marvel at you know, how good a putter he is. 
how good he manages his game. I mean, he's not just smashing it out there and gouging and, and doing it that way. He's, he's doing it a lot of different ways, a lot of different style courses. And, and, I mean, I think when he puts his name on that leaderboard now, I mean, you certainly have to take notice. I, I didn't want to interrupt, but I'm sitting back here chuckling at Bob's question because how many times have we had this the other way? Well, the guy does well at these regular tour events, but he shows up at major yeah. championships yeah. and just can't, you know, I mean, there, there is nobody. I can't imagine anybody in the game that would swap him with, hey, I no. just do well at majors. I just don't happen to win the regular events. I mean, boy, I'll tell you what, winning majors solves everything. I mean, talk about, first of all, this is the importance of major championships. If you win on the PGA Tour, they give you a two-year exemption. If you win a major, you get a five-year exemption. So, I mean, or 10. I yeah. mean, it's like yeah. there is, or lifetime, like Masters, for instance, right? So right. there, that just goes to show where how golf views those four tournaments. And so... Screw the rest of them. Sorry, that's probably harsh. But forget the rest of the events because <laughs> if you can just eat majors for breakfast, man, yeah. giddy up. But you only but you only oh. get four of those a year. Fine. You only get four a year. But, I mean, I was reading a, a story on just all the things that Woodland encounters now that he's a major champion. It's, it's amazing. I can remember being at Oak. I think it was Oak Hill. And he won the, um, the opposite event in Reno. And it basically got him to the PGA. Uh, but he was kind of scrambling to keep a card back then. He was, he was outside that world top fifty, and you're in the, you're in the hinterlands when you're out there, right? I mean, you're fighting to keep a card against all these young bucks coming out. Now all of a sudden, you win a major, you're in that top fifty, you really solidify yourself. You're in all the world golf events, you're getting all these world ranking points, and I mean, you're you're living a different life. So when they say that it's life changing. I mean, maybe for Tiger it isn't because he's already got 15 of them. But for Gary Woodland, when you win your first major, it really is life-changing. Yeah, there's no real doubt. Quick, it, real quick, it. what did you think about the setup last week? I liked it. You know, I mean, sure, it's a U.S. Open. You watch the guys get double-digit under par, but it's hard to be on the coast like that and not get a lot of wind. Right? I don't think they got – people have to acknowledge the fact they didn't get a whole lot of wind last week. And, and they hit it so far now. I mean, we see these 190-yard shots, and they hold greens. Well, they're hitting eight irons. So, you know, they're hitting nine irons. So, you know, that's why they're holding greens. And I was fine with it. You know, third place was seven under. I was entertained by it. At no point, you know, you might have wedge in your hand a lot at pebble, but at no point do I look at that place and go, man, that's an easy test. I mean, it, you got to step up and hit a lot of quality golf shots. Mm. Uh, even, like, getting a wedge into 14 at that place is – is crazy tough. So, you know, you, you have to have a lot of quality around that place. It just shows me how good those guys played for two guys to get double digits under par. No question about it. Hey, Babs, as always, we really appreciate you taking some time and sharing the insights. It's always fun to chat golf with you, buddy. It's always fun to chat golf with you guys. All I right. appreciate it. Yeah, well, Thanks, happy Jeff. Father's Day last week, and uh, enjoy the rest of your summer. We'll catch up to you soon. We got we got another major to go. We'll, we'll be talking soon. Let's do it. All right, there you go. Jeff Babineau joining us right here on Real Golf Radio. Stay tuned. We'll wrap up the show next. Hey, 
Hey guys, it's a great time to get into Barbecue Pit Stop, Utah's barbecue pro shop, and get the tools you need to up your barbecue game. Barbecue Pit Stop has the best selection of the best smokers money can buy, like Traeger, Yoder, Big Green Egg, Kamado Joe, and more, plus over 200 rubs and sauces, and lots of accessories. I know you're wondering if you really need another grill. Well, a smoker isn't another grill. It's an upgrade from your grill. I haven't turned on my gas grill since the day I got my smoker. Head into one of their three locations in Layton, Salt Lake, or Lehigh, or online at barbecuepitstop.com. Hi, it's Ned Siegfried. Siegfried & Jensen has been around a long time. We've been handling injury cases for over 30 years. During this time, Siegfried & Jensen has had the privilege of helping tens of thousands of Utahns. If you've had the misfortune of being injured in an accident, we'd love to help you as well. To talk to us for free about your situation, call us at 801-222-2222 or visit us at SiegfriedJensen.com. I'm Bob Casper with the Casby Real Estate Group, where we have more than 40 years of combined real estate experience in Utah. We understand that the way people buy and sell is rapidly changing, and life's biggest moves can be a stressful experience. At the Casby Real Estate Group, we provide cutting-edge technology, innovative marketing strategies, and skilled negotiation to help you reach your goals. We care about what you care about, and our most important partnership is with you. That's why I'm with Casby Real Estate Group at iPro Realty Network, where we pride ourselves on life's biggest moves simplified. Make you into golf, the place to shop for dads and grads with their summer saving sale happening now. Go faster and farther with the new Callaway Epic Flash Driver with flash-based technology for more ball speed and distance. Get custom fit for free today. And measure your distance with Bushnell GPS and range finders and save up to $70. Choose from the Phantom, the Hybrid, or the Tour V4 Shift. Uinta Golf is your place to shop for the hottest golf gear this summer. Uinta Golf, home of the 90-day satisfaction guarantee. Hi, I'm Brent Brown. When I opened Brent Brown Toyota in 1999, I never dreamed that in 2016 would be Utah's number one volume new car dealership. And in early 2017, when we became the number one Metro Toyota dealership in the entire United States in customer loyalty, you can imagine how proud I was of my team. Simply put, no other dealer in Utah, or in the entire region for that matter, has as many repeat customers as Brent Brown Toyota in Orem. At Brent Brown Toyota, bending over backwards isn't just a slogan, it's our mission. And just because you get our low prices doesn't mean you have to give up on great service after the sale. In fact, people drive from all over Utah and beyond to get our incredible deals, and then they send their friends and family. You don't become number one in the nation by taking advantage of people and then never seeing them again. Excellence both during and after the sale is what keeps our customers coming back again and again. That's probably why Time Magazine recently selected us as the quality dealer of the year for Utah. So if it's time to buy a new car, why not buy from the best? Brent Brown, Toyota, and Orem. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Now back to Brian and Bob. All right, welcome back to the show. Brian and Bob with you. Thanks for joining us. It's been fun. We've had Karen Stupples on the show, Jaime Diaz from Golf Channel, Caddy, America's favorite caddy, and, of course, Jeff Babineau just stopped by and visited with us as we looked back on the 119th U.S. Open Championship. Really, hats off to Gary Woodland. A reminder, you can find us online at realgolfradio.com, Twitter handle at realgolf, other social sites, realgolfradio. And coming July 6th, we'll be back on Sirius XM on the Dan Patrick channel, channel 211. So we'll look forward to being there. And Dan Patrick always says, what did you learn? So, Bob, what did you learn? Quickly. I learned, I learned we had a great leaderboard and great, a great finish. 
you know, Kepka, Xander Shoffley, Woodland, Rom, Justin Rose, Adam Scott, Ustazen, Stenson, and Rory McIlroy all in the top ten. That was that was a great leaderboard and a great finish. And I've learned it. These guys are good, and uh, while there's a lot of front runners, you got to watch out in your rearview mirror because there's a lot of guys watching what's going on, and as Karen says, testing the altitude and yes. getting ready to step into that spotlight. And Gary Woodland did just that last week at Pebble Beach. That'll do it for us. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. For Bob Casper and Dave Glauser, our producer, I'm Brian Taylor. We'll see you. Thanks for listening to Brian and Bob on Real Golf Radio. Join us on Twitter at Real Golf or on our website at realgolfradio.com. It's been real.